Hey everyone, welcome to the Shelf Games Podcast for the week of June 4th. This is episode number 107, and Shelf Games is a lighthearted look at the games of today and the ones still on the shelf. I'm your somewhat stuffed up uh, host, John, and joining me this week uh, are my fantastic co-hosts. We have the return of the one, the only, Jasula. What's up? How you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm a little stuffed up. Allergies bug me today, but uh, the show must go on. Um, <laughs> we're also joined by Amy. How you doing? Doing all right. Having a nice. lazy weekend. Nice. So, yeah. My favorite kind. Um, so, so how's, how's it been going? Uh, Jasula, you just moved house again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That go okay? Just testing out the real estate of this city. <laughs> um, yeah, it went better. went a lot better. Uh, I've gotten so good at it. It only took me two trips to move all my stuff. Yeah. And um, this place is a little smaller, but it's a lot better. And I'm much happier here, more comfortable and everything. So there's a patio. So I'll get a barbecue out there soon. Nice. So nice. I'm happy about that. Summertime barbecue season. I love it. Yes, sir. Uh, what about you, Amy? What's uh, What's been going on with you? Just kind of taking it easy? Still on the hunt for a new place, too? Yeah, my days have been filled with... I dropped Bash off at school around 8, and then from about 9 to when I go get him, it's just filled with looking at stuff, but yeah, uh, kind of the nature of renting in Portland is you have to be super-duper fast and have lots of money. So yeah, for sure. It's, mm. um, Yay. It's, al- <laughs> it's almost as if the generations prior to us have ruined the economy, economy for us millennials and mm. they think we have nothing to complain about. Um, but it's it's our fault in our avocado toast that we can't afford houses, though. So <laughs> you have to counter that. You have to factor that in. Of course. In. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A girl I was dating just moved to Portland recently. Oh, nice. Nice. If you ever go to yoga, you might see her. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, so that's what's going on with us. But what's going on uh, with video games the- these days? So, just so I know you've been busy, but have you had a chance to play anything? You've been uh, just kind of playing some Rocket League here and there? Or have you been uh, occupying your time with anything else? Um, I dusted off uh, <laughs> Breath of the Wild, actually, because oh, wow. my computer wasn't set up and I didn't have yeah. internet at this place. But, you know, that Switch. Yeah, handheld. You can just you can still do that. So, yeah. brushed, picked that up. Forgot how to use the game. Like yeah. my, I forgot the controls because all the buttons are in the are wrong, the wrong spot. Because I've been using an Xbox controller, and the A is where the X should be, and the X is where the Y should be. It's it's a mess. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'm slowly relearning how to play the game, mm-hmm. and I'm remembering why I loved it. Oh, nice, nice. Um, so have you? Did you? F- finish breath of the wild or were you kind of just like exploring and kind of doing your own thing um of the divine beasts i've only defeated one. Oh wow okay yeah. so i'm real behind but yeah i like i get caught up i i got caught up on this durian fruit scheme <laughs> <laughs> this mighty banana heist i've been up to oh, okay so can you explain that for the listeners much- at home <laughs> <laughs> so uh mighty bananas if you get bananas, you can make, if you put five bananas and cook them, you can make this like mighty strength potion, right. which is great. And then if you get a lot of durian fruits, you can make uh, uh, a potion that gives you a bunch of hearts, like a, like full hearts, basically, like yeah. all 20 hearts. Um, they're uh, disposable, so if you lose them, you can't refill them by picking up more hearts, so you just got to get more durian fruit. And so I had to find where the best place is for durian fruit, <laughs> just wait around, let it rain, let that stuff grow again. Like, ah, I wasn't yeah. even playing the game, I was farming. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, that reminds me of that story. Uh, I can't remember where it was, but there was like a college where they evacuated everyone because they thought there was like a gas leak or like some sort of chemical attack. But then yeah. it turned out yeah. to be like a durian fruit that had like gone bad in someone's locker or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> Those things are no joke. Have you ever messed with one? Like, have you ever had no. one? Okay, I've seen video, but never. It's yeah. legitimately the worst. And everybody says, oh, it's the worst smell. And you always think, oh, yeah, probably it's like not that bad. It's no, it's legitimately awful. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's heinous. Even. Okay, cool. So, outdoor fruit. So, so you've been playing some Breath of the Wild. Um, that's good to hear. Um, what about you, Amy? You, uh, you've been playing anything recently? Moonlighter was released, mm-hmm. and that game grabbed me. I've only put oh, wow. about an hour and 15 minutes minutes into it because I just have not had time otherwise, but I could have kept playing that game until three in the morning easily. Okay. Like, it was yeah. really super fun. Um, I don't know if anybody's familiar with that game, I but yeah. Um, it's it's, it's kind of like you're, you're, you run a, like a shop in like a traditional RPG, right? 
Yeah, so you're you're essentially your the rest of your family is gone and you're kind of in this town that was built around these dungeons that adventurers and merchants and and people kind of gone in to, you know, figure out what's in there and uh you kind of just inherit this shop and you end up trying to go into the dungeons and get to like the mythical fifth level or whatever it is mm-hmm. and the dungeons themselves are kind of reminiscent of like the Binding of Isaac game style. Um, mm. So it's it's pretty interesting. It's it's um, I don't know. It's just it's it's addictive because you never know what baddie is kind of going to kill you to lose all your stuff. And so you're just like, oh, well, if I just do one more room, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then you die, and it's terrible. Right, right. And yeah. yeah, but it's super fun. That's cool. I've heard yeah. a lot of positive buzz around that game so far, so I'd be really interested to kind of check it out um, when I get a chance. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, it has sort of like a traditional sort of 2D pixel art aesthetic, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's really pretty. It's just, mm-hmm. it's it's very pretty. Yeah. No, cool. I'm looking at pictures of it now. I have not heard of this game. Kind of flew under my radar until just a few weeks before launch, but... Um, yeah, it's it's really fun. Highly recommend. Nice. Interesting. Cool. I'll check well, it out. Yeah, you'll have to let us know how that uh, goes if you have uh, some time to put, or if you can put some more time into it and uh, see kind of where that game leads. I'd be really interested to hear. Um, but uh, yeah, I haven't uh, really been playing anything other than Rainbow Six Siege uh, the last <laughs> week or so. Uh, I've been like hard on that game. Um, and... You know, it, it, I, I do enjoy playing with my friends. I think that's the biggest thing that's pulled me away from Dota is that I don't have a ton of really close friends that are still playing that. Um, and if they are, they're you know they're they're playing at different times. So so that's kind of one of the reasons why I've been playing a lot more Siege is because I have just more more people that I know that are playing it. Um, but also on top of that, this week um, there was a big announcement that uh, the Rainbow Six Siege Canadian National Tournament is going to be having open qualifiers. Um, and uh, a few of us Canucks thought it would be fun to, to throw a team together. So um, uh, Ted, who you all know and love from the podcast, myself and, and a couple of his pals from Alberta are going to be uh, trying to compete in the open qualifiers for this uh, Rainbow Six Siege uh, Canadian National Tournament, uh, which is going to be coming up near the end of the month. Um, I have a feeling we're going to get our teeth kicked in and we'll probably get knocked out in the first round. Um, but, um, so yeah, so they have like the open qualifiers over one weekend and then they'll have like a, a month long online circuit. And then whoever wins that circuit goes to like the tournament in Montreal or whatever. Um, and then they're going to be doing that again in September, you know, open qualifiers, online circuit, and then another tournament in, in Tor- Toronto, I think. Um, but, uh, so far our chances are pretty good, uh, considering they're taking seven teams to the online circuit from the open qualifiers. And there are only seven teams registered right now. So um, we, we haven't registered yet, We but uh, all we have to do is be better than one of the other teams. <laughs> um, but uh, I, again, I have a feeling we're not going to do so hot. But I, you know, I, I think it'd be a fun thing just to like hop in and try out and kind of see what happens. Um, you know, I've never, never, never played in a big tournament. I mean, it's not a big tournament, but it's it's like, you know more serious video games will i be able to watch it online uh no the open qualifiers like i think my myself and ted we might stream it but um mm-hmm. if we got into the online circuit then yes that would be streamed online with like casters and shit um but uh not for the open qualifiers i i imagine more teams will register before it happens but uh, it's it's still kind of just like a a fun like oh hey let's let's just hop into this like somewhat serious thing and see what happens. <laughs> well, remember us when you're famous. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. That's my only request. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you do well enough so I can watch it online. Yeah. It'd be interesting. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, Although, shit. Although, you have old man twitch muscles. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Young uh, kids will kill you. And, and I'm <laughs> also like, I'm also like, I don't want to be like that uh, woman in the Olympics who like flew under the radar and somehow made it to the Olympics. You know what I'm talking about? She, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she was like in all those skiing competitions, and like yeah, she would always go to the tournaments that the pros weren't going to, so she could get enough yeah. points to qualify for the Olympics. Yeah, that's um, smart. And then when she I got there, that. she 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 like she was doing the half pipe on like the skiing half pipe, 
and like she barely like got any air she would just like go up one side and then up the other and just like <laughs> this is very leisurely run down the hill but you know what fuck it she can say for the rest of her life that she's an olympian right yeah that's um, so funny i remember that story um but anyway so that's basically us <laughs> with this rainbow six siege thing um so even Do if we make grandpa it- six siege no rainbow six siege. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know how I heard Grandpa Six. <laughs> that's a good name for a team, though. <laughs> that's just, actually that's the name of my new band. Yeah. Just in case anyone's wondering. Yeah. Um, but even at the, at the same time, I was kind of thinking, I was like, oh shit, I actually hope we lose because if we do make it through by like default or like another team drops out or something, then we'd have to play like every weekend in uh, July, and I'm just like, shit. I don't want to like <laughs> write, write <laughs> off every sing, single weekend in July. I, I got shit to do. <laughs> That'd be cool though. Yeah, it could be interesting. You're an E, you're an, what do you call athlete? Is that what they call them? I'm an esports athlete. Not, yes. not quite. Yeah. Maybe, Amateur, maybe, maybe a hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's cool. that's so, cool. that's, so that's what's, uh, what's going on with me. I'm going to be playing a lot of that game over the next three weeks while we uh, boot camp to, to get in shape for it. Um. But uh, anyway, so, so I think that's, that's some of the stuff that, that uh, you know, we've been playing the last little while. Um, and some games that might be put on the shelf in the coming weeks. Um, after this releases, uh, on June 5th, the hotly anticipated sequel uh, to Shaq Fu is going to be released. And that is <laughs> Shaq Fu, A Legend Reborn. Um, so I remember hearing news about this when, when they announced that they were going to be making a sequel, you know, decades later. Um, so kind of funny that they're going to be doing that. Um, and then also on June 5th, uh, Vampire, uh, which is uh, from Don't Nod, I believe, who are the folks that did uh, the Life is Strange games, sort of about a vampire in like Victorian London. Um, I don't know. Do either of those games uh, interest either of you folks? Or, or is anyone hotly anticipating Shaq Fu, A Legend Reborn? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't play the first one, but I'm curious to see what this one looks like. What oh, systems yeah. are we talking? PC only? Uh, I'm not sure what it's on yet. Um, Shaq Fu, Legend <laughs> Reborn. Um, oh shit! This is actually like looks like this is actually coming to PS4. Oh, interesting! Oh, I Whoa, think I remember this thing's on everything: Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, PlayStation, Steam. Wow, Damn. that's so funny. Anywho, Shaq Fu coming soon i'm actually really interested in vampire uh i've uh-huh. been kind of keeping my eye on that game for a while so i'd be really curious to see um how that's shaped up and and what it's like once it's uh once it's finally released yeah i'm with you there it looks really super interesting from everything mm-hmm. that i've seen man shaggy never had abs like this <laughs> <laughs> he's notorious for being like a top 10 player who was never really in good shape and really lived uh beneath their potential Right, just because right. he would never be in shape. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, but uh, something that is shaping up is a, a lawsuit uh, between uh, PUBG and Fortnite. Um, so obviously, you know, when Fortnite was released, there was a little bit of controversy because it, uh, you know, Epic has been in partnership with PUBG and Bluehole. Um, you know, the, the PUBG is built using Epic's engine. Um, and it seemed like Epic was kind of perhaps being a little nefarious by taking their game and putting a battle royale mode into it. Um, but that seems to be settled. Like even Brendan Green has gone on record sort of saying like, hey, that's great. More competition is a good thing for the industry. Um, but all that being said, uh, the PUBG Corporation uh, is suing Epic Games uh, for copyright infringement. And this is specifically in Korea. Uh, so I'm not mm-hmm. entirely sure how the court system works there and what the laws are there, uh, but they have filed this suit. Um, so they filed this in January and it just became public uh, this last weekend. Um, so they're saying that um, uh, Fortnite copies PUBG's interface and its in-game items. Um, so that's sort of the crux of their case um, right now. Um, obviously, there are a lot of games that are sort of trying to clone PUBG and Fortnite right now. Um, but the, these are obviously the, the, the two biggest names in the, in the scene, and Fortnite has very quickly surpassed PUBG in terms of popularity and um, revenue, I believe. Um, so what do we think about this, about um, the PUBG Corporation kind of taking uh, Epic uh, to court in Korea specifically? Um, Jasula, do you have any thoughts? I understand why the PUBG team wants to sue Fortnite, because I think... Uh 
PUBG was working with Epic to make this game somewhat, like using their engine or something. I can't remember what the story was about that. And <laughs> and then for Epic to turn around and make a more successful version of their game is pretty shady. But then again, uh, you know, innovation. I don't think they they aren't the creators of the idea. Right. Just PUBG was just the first one to make it super successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, if I I believe it was an Arma mod before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's sort of its roots. Yeah. So. Meh. It's only in South Korea. I don't know if that'll have huge repercussions throughout the industry outside of Korea, mm. but I don't really care who wins this. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if I was going to choose, I would say I'd want Fortnite to win just because I don't really like the idea of a precedent being set set where you sue them. I don't know. If someone makes a better version of your game, can you sue them and shut that down? I don't know. I got to think about this. Yeah. Amy, what do you think? Um, well, first of all, I don't think either side really is, is right here because I know that Epic, there was, there was essentially something released last year when they were talking about Fortnite being this big clone of PUBG and blah, 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 and how everybody was upset because PUBG had paid Epic for the use of their engine or whatever it was. Like there was some money exchange on one end. Um, and now to have... Epic essentially being like, well, hey, we're going to charge you to use our engine, but then we're also going to take your idea, reskin it and put it in, you know, mm-hmm. make money off of that. Um, pretty shady. But I also think PUBG is being really, 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 really aggressive with it. Um, I don't think there are enough similarities. Having played both of those, there are enough similarities between the two that I really don't think that they have that much of a case against mm-hmm. Fortnite, honestly. It's just they're two totally different games. Um yeah. and you know, there aren't many original ideas in video games anyway. And the fact that mm-hmm. they're going specifically after their biggest competitor rather than all of the other competitors that they've had is a little bit you know, it's kinda like we were talking about last week. Well, Fortnite anti up a hundred million dollars for their esports tournaments and now PUBG is basically saying you know, even though this this came out in January, or this was, you know, filed in January, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, well, we're just taking pot shots at them because they've done so well. Um, so, I mean, again, I don't really think either side's right. I'd be interested to see how it shakes out. Mm, yeah. And, and again, like, this is less like uh, creatives sort of bickering over their creative works mm. and more uh, the business side of things and you know the yeah. lawyers at these organizations who are like okay well we have to file this because we need to try and protect our interests and we need to try and protect our our products and whatever else so it's just you know it's 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 not you know brendan green himself being like oh, i'm gonna sue fortnite like i'm sure he doesn't even care and again he's he's sort of seems amicable to the fact that that game is out there you know so uh mm-hmm. I, again i think this is more you know business side of things these are people who probably don't give a shit about video games or whatever they're just <laughs> yeah. they, they just kind of care about like oh, okay this is what we have to do to try and protect our company's interests and, and, and whatnot yeah. so it'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens uh again who knows what'll come of it um but um and, and again because this is in korea who knows what precedent it'll set in it whether it'll affect those games in any other markets um but uh yeah so anyways interesting story that we'll uh we'll keep an eye on um but the thing that we are most looking forward to in the coming weeks is, of course, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, E3 2018. <laughs> it's coming in hot. Uh, it's where we usually see a lot of the biggest news um, uh, about the industry. To be fair, like, I mean, it's just a marketing event. You know, I think that's the the sharpest criticism that you can levy against it is that it's going to be disingenuous. It's going to be a lot of advertising, a lot of PR speak, and Again, it's just companies trying to sell us shit. Um, so for us to get excited about them wanting to sell us shit is a little bit silly. Um, but we also get to hear about all the games that are going to be going to be coming out. A lot of stuff that we, you know, sort of are expecting. You know, it's very rare that a company will do something at E3 that is truly surprising or novel or shocking. Um, mm-hmm. But in the lead up to E3, it's uh, it's leak season, baby, and uh, it's nothing but leaks for days as uh, studios are announcing things or things are getting leaked out and, and we're getting, getting uh, to hear about them beforehand. Uh, first things first, Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, was leaked uh, through a uh, French video game site uh, because they had like a keychain with the branding for Assassin's Creed Odyssey on it. 
Um, and shortly after that hit the news, uh, Ubisoft uh, actually confirmed that that game uh, was going to be coming out. Uh, they they dropped like a little tweet with like a a quick uh, two second thing of video of a guy doing the old "This is Sparta" thing, uh, <laughs> kicking someone off a hill. Um, yeah. So uh, we kind of knew about this, Chisula. We talked about this with the Walmart leak. You were really yeah. surprised. You were like Assassin's Creed again after they like made this big thing about taking time off to do Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think about them uh, coming out with a new one uh, right after Origins? Well, I assume, I guess, there's another team working on it, so I'm okay with that. Um, I haven't played an Assassin's Creed since Black, Fa- Black Flag, which is Assassin's Creed 4. Yeah. I mean, I have uh, Origins. I don't know. I... It's hard for me to feel any type of way about it because I haven't really played one. So I'm not as angry about it as I used to be back in the past where they came out every year and the quality seemed to be dipping. Now I'm kind of like, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Spartans or Roman soldiers. I'm not sure which one it is. I'm guessing Spartans because of the the kick to the chest. Yeah. Um, That could be interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, when Rise came out... uh, with the X, was that the Xbox One? Yeah, it was with the Xbox One launch. Yeah, yeah that looked really interesting. Um, I heard it wasn't as fun to play, but I like the setting, so I'm kind of excited. Your sister's gonna go nuts, maybe. Yeah. Depending <laughs> maybe. On- she'll also be really upset because she, she's gonna be like, "Oh, they're not doing this right." Nah, 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 yeah, and, for and- sure. She'd be so angry. Yeah, um, but it's it is interesting uh, again because they made such a big deal about taking time off to like sort of yeah we want to do Assassin's Creed right and obviously they're um, you know I- I'm sure because of the engine that they built for Origins and and everything else and sort of because they have so many studios around the world you know Ubisoft can have multiple projects on the go at a, at, at a time um, mm-hmm. so yeah I don't know it's kind of interesting I I am the type of person who would rather see franchises take time off in between their their installations, but uh, I don't know, Amy. What do you think about uh, this this announcement for a new Assassin's Creed? I'm shamelessly stoked for it. <laughs> uh, I while I don't play them for the historical accuracy because there is none. Um, I do I do appreciate kind of the alternate take on on history. Uh, huge, I'm a huge history buff, so it's kind of interesting interesting to see how they weave kind of these things together sometimes. Um, Black Flag was the last one that I actually played as well. Um, actually, I guess I dipped into Rogue, Rogue a little bit too. Yep. But after Unity came out, I was just like, no. Like, you get none of my money. Forget it. No way. Um, planning on picking up Origins. Odyssey looks super interesting. I especially thought it was interesting. Their little clip as well that you were just talking about. Um, and they were kind of forced to just announce it because this whole leak situation happened. But. I don't know. I mean, I think I think it sounds like I don't know. It sounds interesting, even just yeah. based on that small little clip. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Ubisoft and and uh, Assassin's Creed. Um. And and if they're doing anything dramatically different with this game from Origins or the stuff that they've done in the past, or if it's just going to be yep, Assassin's Creed, same 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 stuff that you've known this whole uh, you know this whole time. It's just more of the same. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, so before we were talking about PUBG and Fortnite, and Fortnite's success, obviously we've talked about this in the past, is probably due to the fact that it's on every console, it's free, um, and it's you know it's just blown up on Twitch and YouTube and and everywhere else. It's it's invaded schools and you know kids want to talk about nothing but. Um, but the one platform platform that it is uh, so far not yet. Uh, released on is of course nin- uh, the uh, Nintendo Switch, but uh, another leak suggests that that game is going to be announced at E3. Um, so there's a leak document going around that shows uh, what looks like uh, Nintendo's sort of messaging lineup is going to be for for um, part of E3. Um, so they've got like Dragon Ball Fighter Z coming to the Switch, uh, FIFA 19, Paladins, Overcooked mm-hmm. 2, um, and you know some other stuff. Uh, something called. Uh, Starlink Battle for Atlas. Um, and amongst all that was also Fortnite. Um, so kind of interesting. Um, you know, uh, again, it, it kind of makes sense that Fortnite was eventually going to come to the Switch. Um, and considering that they have that game running on mobile devices, it's kind of a no-brainer. Um, so what do we think about this? Do you think that, the, the, yeah, this is just sort of like to be expected and it was just a matter of time? Or do you think this is going to be like a, a big win for for the Switch as well? It depends if Nintendo doesn't mess, like, 
mess with the connectivity to other people online. Nintendo has a weird relationship with their online play with other people network. I don't know what to call it. They're just really oh, weird like, about like it. the cross-platform play and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I don't know. We'll see if they make it a pain in the ass to connect to their network or whatever. But if it's smooth, great. I mean, they have done it well with, I guess, Splatoon. So it could work and it could be really great for it. People love playing this stuff on the go because people play it on their phones. And this would be much better than playing on your phone. So I think this could be huge for the Switch. The Switch might become a Fortnite device. (laughs) (laughs) I was not surprised. Um, It seems like they dominate every platform they have Fortnite on. So to me, it was kind of just like, yes, this makes sense. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what, what happens with that game. And again, if that, I, I'm sure it will do nothing but help its popularity. Yeah. Um, and speaking of popular franchises, uh, Bethesda had a bit of a, a strange sort of teaser where they, you know, had like a bobblehead on a stream for like 24 hours and like <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people were watching cause they thought it was, it was going to be a new fallout announcement. And sure enough, they announced a new fallout. Um, so uh, Bethesda announced Fallout 76, which we'll probably see more of at E3. Uh, it's kind of odd because a lot of people were expecting them to do like a new Skyrim or a, a new Elder Scrolls game. But a lot of uh, analysts have sort of been saying, well, they, they probably sh- wouldn't do that because it would cut into the Elder Scrolls Online, which is apparently doing fairly well for them right now, even though it mm-hmm. had a bit of a rough launch. Um so, so yeah, it is kind of odd that they're announcing a new Fallout sort of after Fallout 4 a few years back. Um, but uh, this Fallout sounds like it's actually going to be quite different uh, than sort of the traditional single-player, you know, huge open-world RPG. Um, so, sources are saying that this uh, looks like it's going to be an online survival, uh, survival RPG, more along the lines of like a Rust or a DayZ. Um, so that really speaks to a different move uh, for the franchise, uh, which again has been traditionally single player. Um, so um, I don't know. What, what do we think about this? And, and just the fact that like Bethesda has sort of taken this chance on exploring different systems that already existed in Fallout, like the base building. Um, it sounds like they had people internally that were trying to get some sort of multiplayer working, and this is kind of the direction they went with it. Um, so I don't know, Amy, have you been a fan of the Fallout series? Like, what do you think about this, uh, this announcement of, um, Fallout 76? I've actually never played apart from like an extra life stream. I've never played any of the Fallout games and it's not because I haven't wanted to. It's, it's honestly just because I don't have them yet. Um, and I don't know. I mean, like I, I really enjoy watching playthroughs of especially like Fallout 3 and Fallout 4, I think are really interesting to watch on Twitch. Yeah. Um, and then to kind of, you know, take what I know about the games and flip that on its head and make it into a survival genre game that I feel like, I, I feel like that genre is kind of petering out just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thought it was an interesting move. I mean, they garnered all of this hype to announce essentially what is r- rumored to be a survival kind of game when people were kind of expecting like a remaster of an right. older game or, you know, things like that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it's interesting. I want to see what happens with it because I think the idea of a survival game specifically in that type of setting is really interesting. Um, so, I mean, I would at least be interested to play it. Definitely. So those, those kinds of survival games are kind of my jam. So I was kind of hoping for a Fallout 3 remake remaster or something because I've heard such good things about it, but I've never played it. I mean, I guess I could get it and download mods for it, but I'd rather just them remake that. I don't know right. why. I was hoping that is what it was. Um, I'm not quite sure I understand what Fallout 76 is. I'd like to see some gameplay. Yeah, for sure. But for now, I'm sure they'll make a ton of money because they always do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, so again, we'll find out more about um, Fallout 76 at E3. Um, but speaking of franchises that make a ton of money, um, Pokemon has, uh, released, uh, quite a number of announcements this last week. Um, and it sounds like we're going to be getting a ton of Pokemon in the coming days. So we have two new games coming to the switch and that is let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee, uh, which are essentially remakes 
of uh, Pokemon Blue or Pokemon Red, uh, but borrowing a lot of elements from Pokemon Yellow, where you had Pikachu kind of following you around. Um, and in the same vein, you're going to have uh, Pikachu or Eevee following you around, um, depending uh, on which version you pick up. So again, these are going to be the original 151 Pokemon that everyone knows and loves and goes crazy for uh, <laughs> coming to the Switch. And it also looks like they're going to be doing a lot of stuff uh, to have these games interact with Pokemon Go, where you can bring certain uh, pocket monsters from one uh, platform to the other. Uh, they've also announced this like little uh, uh, Pokeball controller that you can use for the Switch, uh, drop-in uh, co-op for these games as well. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, along with these, these uh, announcements, uh, they also reiterated that they are still working on what they call, quote, a, a core Pokemon game, which is going to be coming in 2019. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I was never a huge Pokemon fan. Uh, Amy, were, were you a, a big Poke monster collector? Missed the boat. Yeah. Missed the boat completely. I know it yeah. came out like right around the right time when I was a kid, but I just, I don't know. Never really my jam. Didn't really, uh, didn't really ever pick up any of the cards or games or anything like that. So I think though this does have value for me because Bash is huge into it. Yeah. So um, it's just one more thing to give Nintendo my money for when we get a Switch. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I think it looks cool enough to play though. Like it looks like it'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, just a little. What do you think about them sort of remaking that that sort of classic game for uh, a new audience? I've played a few Pokemon's in my day and. Um, after a certain point, I hit this wall where I just didn't find the gameplay fun. And uh, so I didn't play it for a while. And then I got a 3DS. And then a new Pokemon came out. And I'm like, that looks <laughs> sick. And I got it. And they're like, oh, I can't believe I bought this. I hate this gameplay. <laughs> and so I told myself I wasn't going to buy it again. And I see this trailer. I'm like, am I, <laughs> I going to fall into this hole again? And then just hate the gameplay. The one thing I saw in the trailer that made me happy was. Uh, you could walk up to the Pokemon. You could see them before they threw you right. into a battle that you didn't want to be in. Because right. that shit drove me nuts. Right. I got a job. I don't have time to be stopping <laughs> every 15 feet to fight a Pokemon. Yeah. So the only thing I didn't like was the uh, Pokemon Go mechanics of throwing the Pokeball. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure a lot of people, especially younger kids, will love that. But for me, I'm like, Ugh, don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I, I wonder if there's something they can turn that off in the options. But, uh, but again, a lot of the, the cross sort of compatibility between these games for the switch and, and pokemon go looks looks kind of interesting um again it looks like they're still trying to support pokemon go and flesh mm -hmm. out a lot of its systems and kind of make that more of an enjoyable experience for the people that are still playing it um but yeah I, i'm very curious to see what this like quote core pokemon game is going to be next year um and you know sort of how that will I, I don't know who knows if it'll shake up the franchise and how it it might itself interact with pokemon go if that's still a game that they're they're supporting um but yeah i don't know for you poke fans out there uh there, there's there's more more pokemons coming out <laughs> to steal your money um and uh speaking of stealing money star citizen which we've talked about a little bit on the show <laughs> in the past um has beautiful transition just thank beautiful. you uh, <laughs> um so star citizen uh, we've talked about it in the past it's it's this um this game that is very much a space sim, you know, you got your spaceships and, you know, running missions and sort of setting up your own organizations and, uh, you know, space stations and, and whatever else. It, it has very grand uh, vision for what it wants to be. And there are a lot of players that have really bought into um, that idea, you know, both, both metaphorically and uh, factually, like they have really spent a lot of money to crowdfund this game. Um, so they've been crowdfunding this game for, geez, like forever. And, uh, you know, I, I can't even remember how much money. Oh, yeah. So it's it's purported that the game has raised over $185 million to date um, from fans wow. uh, in terms of its funding and has yet to see a uh, official release. You know, there's it's still an alpha. They have a lot of betas that are going on for different segments of the game. Uh, you know, it's first person stuff. It's ship stuff. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of people that have really sort of almost cultishly sort of, uh, you know, attached their wagon to, to this uh, this idea. Um, the developers behind the game have 
uh, released what is essentially uh, like a collector's pack uh, for uh, a huge portion of in-game ships and, and a lot of other uh, sort of extras and cosmetics and, and what have you. And this is called the the Legatus pack, and it costs twenty seven thousand US dollars, um, which is pretty wild. And I think that number really took a lot of people by surprise, even though they've had a lot of in game purchasable purchase, purchasable stuff upwards of like a thousand dollars. Yeah. So, what do we think about that news? That a, you know, this game is still not out. B. A lot of people have sunk tons of money into it and see, you know, they've put out this pack that apparently the community was asking for uh, up that cost upwards of $27,000. Amy, what, have, you, have you been paying attention to Star Citizen at all? No. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I don't know much about it. Um, but point of clarification, my question was, is this a loot box type thing? Like, are they paying to avoid loot boxes or is it no, just like... No, it's, it's just like... Hey, you want to buy a cosmetic for $5? Cool. You now have this awesome cosmetic for your gun in Counter-Strike, except this is $27,000. That's ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) That's, I mean, well, in $185 million, they could fund, you know, almost two Fortnite, or $185 million, yeah. Almost two Fortnite tournament years. And and at the same time, like, these are also, like, specific items that you might not necessarily be be able to unlock otherwise. Yeah. so yeah, I don't know. Just so low, we've been talking. We've been talking shit about this game for a while. Yeah. What, do you th- what do you think? Well, my first thought was, <laughs> I'm still a broke boy. It's <laughs> twenty thousand, seven thousand dollars is a lot of money, and I know I'm a broke boy because I don't even know how I would pay a company twenty seven thousand dollars. I'm pretty sure my <laughs> bank would be like, no, 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 no. We put a we put a hold on this transaction because <laughs> well, I a definitely car. don't have a car to huh. That's a car. Yeah, it's no, a car. like that's the price of a car. I know. Do yeah. I get a loan to pay for this? <laughs> <laughs> Do I need a Star Citizen? I just don't know how I would pay someone twenty seven thousand dollars in one go. I have to make like payments for like a few years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the the devs, Cloud Imperium, they, they've sort of clarified that like, hey, our audience was asking for this. Um, they've locked it to players. <laughs> Is that true? Uh, apparently, like, like, cause I guess there are large, larger, like, guilds or clans that are going to be purchasing these so that they can, like, distribute certain things to, like, members. So it's not necessarily just for one person. It might be for, like, organizations of upwards of, like, a thousand players or more, right? Um, which is, again, to me, wild considering this game isn't even out. Um, yeah. And, and they've also locked this purchase to players that have already spent a thousand dollars in the game. Mm. yeah i just i don't know well i guess what would you do if like dota came out with something like that well i would do nothing because i don't have that kind of money (laughs) (laughs) but if you did no i don't that's just i don't know i don't know considering like the last the last game i heard having like a ridiculous amount of dlc or like cosmetics or whatever was train simulator and they Mm. only had just over like two thousand dollars worth which seems like chump change in comparison, because right. essentially you have to invest with the thousand dollar limit twenty eight thousand dollars into Star Citizen before you can even yeah. get all that stuff. So oh, that's yeah. crazy. It's pretty wild. Um, I, again, just the the news around Star Citizen is always more interesting to me than the game itself. And like, <laughs> I don't even know what that ga- that game is going to be. You know, like, there's no way it can live up to any of the expectations. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the big thing. Um, so, who knows? I've I I just I want that game to be out so we can p- actually talk about it. Um, are you sure you are rich enough to even get entrance into the game, John? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just I who knows how they're even going to monetize it when it does eventually come out. Um, so yeah. Anyways, Star Citizen is still a thing out there in the ether, soaking up lots of money. Um, but uh, it seems like the industry as a whole is kind of starting to realize. Oh, hey. Some of the practices for how we get money from people uh, make those people very angry, um, specifically Electronic Arts. Um, and it sounds like Electronic Arts is sort of coming to terms with the fallout of Battlefront 2 and how the pay-to-win mechanics, the, the loot box mechanics within that game soured a lot of players to the point where, you know, because of the outrage around that game, they turned off the microtransactions before the game even launched. 
Um, since then, they've reinstalled them, but they're only cosmetic. Um, and honestly, I have no clue what that player count is right now for that game. Uh, I don't think it's great. But since then, um, you know, EA has announced Battlefield V, which we talked about uh, last week or the week before. Uh, so their new World War II shooter, which is going to be coming this later this year. Um, and they're very much doubling down on like, hey, no loot boxes, no premium passes. Like everyone's going to have access to the same maps and modes and like, it's going to be great. Um, so this is very much a pivot from from where they were last year where they were like, oh yeah, everyone's going to love paying for uh, our loot boxes <laughs> and having these bonuses for multiplayer. And it's very interesting to see a company about face so quickly and just be like no way fuck loot boxes we're all about the players and it's just like that okay uh-huh. <laughs> um so what do we think about sort of uh because there's an interesting piece that um jason schreier wrote over on uh kotaku uh, it's titled uh, battlefield uh, 5 shows how the video game industry is turning on loot boxes so what do we think about this idea about how the industry is sort of re- re- responding to that fan response and being like oh okay now we need to show them we don't care about loot boxes and we actually care about the player experience um just a little do you have any thoughts that turnaround came about much quicker than i expected um to be honest i didn't think it was going to happen i thought they were just going to get better at doing it (laughs) more Um, more nefarious yeah better at doing it making us accept it more readily but i didn't expect it to just be well, we're not doing loot boxes. Like, what's a, what's a loot box? Yeah. Um, so that's good. I'm glad that uh, consumers' voices are being heard. I think loot boxes are something I try really, really hard to avoid in games with loot boxes. Um, Overwatch being the only exception because you can get loot boxes for free and you don't have to spend money on them. And I don't really care about getting skins or voice lines or sprays or whatever it is except for diva's cruiser skin because it's this like 40s really cool anyway no (laughs) that one i'm still looking for but uh no i just i think it's a smart move um both to keep players happy but mostly on kind of like a pr front because (laughs) there's no way you just flip 180 in the process of making one game and then going to another and I don't know. I think it's good that they're doing it, and I hope that games move away from loot boxes. Because um, we talked, especially in um, previous episodes, about how you know gambling, f- as far as loot boxes go for kids, is really, really, really dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really hope you know more games start to move away from the loot box system. It terrifies me. <laughs> I wonder how they're going to make the extra money. Like they'll make money selling the game, but I wonder where their extra cash flow is going to come from because mm-hmm. all games need some sort of keep paying us while you, even though you already bought this game. So yeah, yeah I'm curious sure. to see how they do that. It'll probably be skins. Mm-hmm. is my guess based on the trailer I saw. Yeah. I was about to say, it sounds like they're really leaning into cosmetic, like uh, customization for your player or for your character. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to quote uh Schreier here in, in his piece. Cause he, cause he has a, uh, an interesting sort of closing to it. He says, uh, quote, we're starting to see the results of that trend. Uh, last year at this time, publishers were drooling over the success of loot boxes in games, uh, in games like Overwatch, and piecing together their own shiny chest opening animations. Now, one of the biggest publishers in games is using, quote, no loot boxes as a slogan to help sell its newest shooter. Um, so yeah, it, it is just a really interesting turn of events where like, you know, last year everyone was like rubbing their hands, just being like, "Oh yeah, this this is how we make money moving forward." Um, uh-huh. And very much so, considering games have made that pivot towards like games as service instead of like play it once, finish it, and then move on to the next thing. Um, so yeah, it'll def- definitely be interesting to see because consumers are very much resistant to um, monetization schemes that are predatory and we we're seeing the fallout of that but i'm I'm very interested to see like what we're okay with you know yeah um i don't know like what what do you folks personally feel like oh i'm okay paying into this thing regularly x amount and it doesn't feel bad like like is there anything like that for you or would you rather not do that do you just want to pay for something once and like put it down afterwards Well, I think when it comes to especially cosmetic items in games, 
I would prefer to just have a set price on something. Like, well, this will cut co- this skin will cost five dollars, or this one's a little bit more special or rare, so this one's like ten dollars or fifteen dollars. I'd rather have that than the random chance to get something because I'm always gonna get something I don't like. I'm always gonna get something that I'm just like, oh, I wish I could just trade this in for a different currency and then buy what I really want. And then there's no like incentive to you know, spend money on random chance crap. Um, mm-hmm. Because you're going to spend, I'm sure you'd spend a significantly like lower amount of money just buying things outright than wasting it on random chance. Right. Uh, what about you, Jusilov? Is there anything that you're like, oh, okay, I'm okay with this, the way they make money here? Um, I'm okay with skins most of the time. Mm-hmm. Just buying skins. Uh, Rocket League does a thing where they have loot boxes, but you can't buy loot boxes. You just kind of earn them through playing. You buy the keys to open the loot boxes, and then the stuff inside is randomized, which can be kind of annoying. But every now and then, they just give you keys to open up the boxes, so I haven't really spent any money on that stuff in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And given how many hours I've put into Rocket League, I don't <laughs> mind throwing them $5, like, twice a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, like I said, less and less uh okay with loot boxes and random chests and stuff in games like dota and whatever else i'm playing um so yeah like like you're saying amy i would much rather like be like oh this one cosmetic will cost you x and i'm like okay cool because that's what i want to buy um so i kind of appreciate some of that in like rainbow six siege they've kind of moved towards that model of like okay you can earn like an in-game uh credits that you can spend on on certain cosmetics or you can pay real money for them, uh, which is fine. But at the same time, I kind of look at a lot of the prices or I'll do comparisons and I'm just like, that's way too fucking expensive for, for like what that is. Um, but you know what? There are people out there willing to pay that. So I don't know. I, I think everyone sort of has to make that decision about like, what am I comfortable spending money on and what am I not? And, uh, you know, draw that line in the sand. But like you were saying earlier, you know, there are also people out there who can't make that distinction or who, you fall down this road of just like, oh, I'll just put some more money in or where where it becomes predatory, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And there are people who don't have that sort of self-control, you know, whether they're, they just have that impulse to spend or whether they're younger and don't necessarily understand, you know, the, the, the value of money or whatever. Um, So anyways, still kind of troubling, but um, I I guess we'll kind of see what happens in, in, uh, in the next few months with like how players respond to, uh, these systems yeah um anyways that is it for the news this week uh so let's uh, move into a couple of reader questions before we kind of uh wrap things up for today um so uh if you want to send us some questions or topic suggestions you can always email us shelvedgames at gmail.com or you can uh hit us up on the shelf games discord and the link for that is in the uh podcast notes um so be sure to hop in there and uh chat with us um so our pal Commander Linguini on the Discord. He asks, "What do you think about the future of MMO games?" And by MMO games, they're sort of talking about things like fifty to one hundred players per side. Uh, and he says the game that pops into my mind is Planet Side Two, but sadly, that population, uh, that current player count, is down around two thousand players on a good day. Do you know of any games that have large scale battles with many players? So I think there's a couple things in this question because I kind of differentiate mmos from stuff like planet side 2 which is like a big like multi just it's just a much larger like call of duty right and so instead of like having 5v5 you have a few hundred players on each side um whereas an mmo i kind of think of as like a persistent world that Mm. players can interact with each other um so so but we we also have seen like like the heyday of mmos kind of pass um so what do we think about the future of that genre and the future of just like multiplayer games in general. Um, I don't know, Amy, do you have any thoughts on, on that? Like, did you play any big, big MMOs back in the day? Wow. Got a lot of my time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, ESO actually, um, a few months after it launched, got some of my time as well. Um, and I enjoy MMOs. I really do. I don't mind playing by myself. I don't mind, um, having to find groups to do raids and dungeons with. So that's still, um, kind of a genre that I'm, I'm okay playing still. 
mm-hmm. but I do I, I notice the drop off. Uh, WoW yeah. saw a huge drop off, especially a few expansions ago. People just kind of weren't really excited about you know the expansion that had just come out. I think it was Warlords Warlords of Draenor, which is the last one I have. And I just I don't think they saw the success that they, they that they wanted to. Their player base didn't go up any at all. So. I don't know. I mean, I think it's the same with ESO. They don't have the crazy high numbers that WoW ever achieved either. So, you know, I don't know. It could be over as far as the craze for MMOs. But, you know, what if something else comes out and kind of, you know, reinvents the genre and excites everybody? So, yeah. I don't know. So do you think uh, MMOs have have kind of come and gone or or do you think that there's room for them um in video games in the future because i mean there are still a few popular ones that people play but obviously not in in the same vein as like world of warcraft uh yeah i'm the wrong person to ask i've never played an mmo (laughs) at least i don't think i have and i still don't think i know what the like what 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 makes wow an mmo what makes wow an mmo versus something like fortnite where there's 100 right. people playing against each other like, I don't yeah, understand. So, so so i think that's that's one of the confusing things in Lingui- linguini's question is like he's i think just talking about like massive multiplayer games as opposed to what we traditionally think of as an mmo is more of like a persistent world thing right okay so <sighs> So yeah, so with Warcraft and with uh, Elder Scrolls Online and all that stuff, it's just like you have these realms that you visit and you're fighting against other players or you're fighting more often than not against uh, uh, computer AI or monsters or enemies or whatever it is. And you're kind of working together with other players, you're forming clans. Mm-hmm. It's more of a social thing. Whereas I think something like Fortnite is it's just sort of, it's almost the evolution of those two things where it's like, hey, let's take that large player count and put them into a more traditional multiplayer space um, where it's all combative, right? Um, right. And you're less there to be social. You're less there to be told stories or find out, you know, secrets in the world. Uh, I mean, granted, there are secrets and stuff like PUBG and Fortnite, especially. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if there are going to be new spaces for that type of like social interaction. Um, where you have just like this persistent online environment that you can like visit and come back to. Right. Like I, I kind of think about like VR um, applications. Like what was, what was the one that got a lot of flack? VR chat. Yeah. Um, oh, right. Yeah, There's yeah, a lot yeah, of controversy yeah. around VR chat because people were just being racist assholes. Um, but you know, that's a persistent world where you can come and visit, you know, with your VR headset and have your avatar. And so I don't know. I, I really don't know what the future is because their MMOs aren't making the money they used to, except for World of Warcraft, um, which again is always the ex- exception to the rule, um, yeah. even though it's not not what it was when it during its heyday. Um, but yeah, I just I've no freaking clue if if we'll see a resurgence in us wanting to hang out in an online space. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know. Have you have you played an M- an MMO? Me? I don't know. why I keep getting tongue tied over saying that. M- <laughs> M- MMO. Um, yeah. yeah, well, I, I had really dark days with um, <laughs> City of Heroes and City of Villains. I think I played nothing but that game for a, a couple years. Wow. Um, but yeah, it was cool because it was very much a social thing. You like met people and formed a clan or a guild or whatever, and like you would just play with those folks and run missions. And yeah, it was just really, really interesting. Um, so again, I don't know if if there's going to be something that's going to replace that type of social space or whether we even need that type of social space anymore in online games. Um, But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, Okay. Final question from uh, Oddwee over on the uh, discord as well. They ask, uh, do you think wellness practices such as meditation can benefit those in esports?" So what do we think about sort of things like meditation or, you know, even exercise or, um, you know, just just taking care of one's own state of being and one's own well-being would affect the performance of an esport athlete um, in something like Counter Strike or League of Legends or or what have you. I don't know, Amy. Do you have any thoughts about this? I think especially the fact that a lot of these esports athletes are. I guess I'm thinking more of like Overwatch League, where where a lot of the athletes are a lot younger. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I think that things like 
like meditation and taking care of yourself on a, you know, whether that's a regular exercise routine or eating well or a combination of all three of those things is, I mean, it might not enhance your performance, but it's going to make you feel better over the long run. And especially Mm -hmm. when these kids are being bombarded with, you know, people saying pretty ridiculous things about their gameplay online, um, you know, community doesn't necessarily have a tendency to hold back certain uh, offensive terms for people. Um, You're being bombarded with all this negativity. And uh, I think that kind of making sure that you're taking care of yourself and, um, you know, in all aspects really is probably a good idea. I don't think there's anything negative to that at all. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Just a little, what do you think? Oh, I'm big on meditating, so yeah. I think everyone should, regardless of whether you're in esports. Just yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing in the next 25 minutes? You got five of those minutes to spend meditating. Do it up. I mean, I'm talking <laughs> like I do it every day, which I don't, and uh, I always notice when I haven't been doing it because I start feeling shittier and yep. uh, not physically shittier, but just in terms of like I tend to want to do less and my mood tends to get worse. And I always right. know I have to meditate but it's, it's it's like working out mentally working out so mm-hmm. it's easy to do when you start and everyone should do it because the world would be a different place if everyone did I think. <laughs> nice yeah you know i did that 10 day meditation thing so i'm i'm all up in this yoga <laughs> meditation <laughs> nonsense yeah um but no i definitely agree i think like taking care of your own well-being is super important and will af- impact any other aspect of your life you know whether you're in school or work or, or what have you or whether you're you know, on the main stage playing for millions of dollars in a Dota tournament. Um, uh, I definitely agree. Like even little things like healthy diet and exercise mm-hmm. are huge, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, like you're talking about Amy, like a lot of these young guys, uh, young guys and gals are, you know, they're playing games all day so that they might not necessarily be taking care of themselves. They might not necessarily be eating well, just like slamming those Red Bulls and eating like, you know, lots of shitty food, prepackaged food. Yeah. 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 Lots of hot pockets. Um, <laughs> I, I, again, a bit of a stereotype, but like at the same time, like I think, yeah, just just sort of taking care of all the other aspects of your life will help inform your um, your play or your work or your relationships. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree that um, uh, that's important. And and we're seeing people in the scene in esports pay more attention. You have uh, more um, doctors and physical therapists that are specializing in dealing with uh, esports athletes and ensuring that they're getting the proper exercise they need and dealing with specific repetitive stress injuries that they might be dealing with um, and how to prevent that type of stuff. So yeah, it's kind of interesting to see what's happening in the scene with regard to that. So um, yeah, could be cool to see uh, sports medicine evolve to sort of encompass a, a lot more esports stuff in the future. But uh, but yeah, so that is it. And before we go, uh, let's maybe do some quick non-gaming recommendations. Uh, for everyone at home. Uh, Amy, what do you want to recommend uh, to the folks listening today? Okay, so I actually tweeted about this last night, but I've been on this like crazy passion fruit LaCroix kick (laughs) for like, uh, God, the last two weeks or so. I literally cannot buy enough of them. It's awful. And I have limited (laughs) myself to one a day. So I'm not like (laughs) gone totally nuts. Um. But that's why we, that's why we can't afford our rent is we buy too much LaCroix us, us millennials. <laughs> is that how that you pronounce it? Because I always avoid pronouncing it because I'm like, I don't know how to say this. Yeah, they La- actually La-Croix. say that it's, a, and it's supposed to rhyme with enjoy. Like it's that's okay. literally written on their what it's ridiculous, but I love <laughs> it and it's delicious. And like I reward myself after drinking like a liter of water by drinking one of those. So it's nice. You know, it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Balance. So, yeah. It's all about balance. Well, in addition to that, I mean, on the other side, I mean, it's, there's like nothing in here. It's like <laughs> literally nothing. Carbonated water and natural flavor. So whatever that means to you. Right. Uh, but that cool. and like Halo Top Creamery makes this ridiculously amazing dairy-free ice cream. I can't have dairy. Yep. And I miss ice cream. But they make this birthday cake ice cream and oh my God. <laughs> so good. <laughs> So yeah, those are my two recommendations. I know they're both food. Don't judge me. I don't care. Hey, yeah, I mean, I might go and pick up some of that ice cream later just because, you know, sometimes you get cravings and you got yeah. to deal with it. Chisilo, uh, what do you want to recommend? I'm going to recommend a show and that is Killing Eve. Okay. Uh, it's, it's just 
season one ended kind of recently. There's only eight episodes and I fucking love this show. Like I cannot express enough how good this show is. It's so good. Like yeah. I, it's so good. It's, um, uh, strong female leads. So it's a female MI6 agent chasing a female assassin. It's a cat and mouse kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just great, ah. just great actors. Just fantastic actors, especially in my opinion, the uh, assassin. Just so good, so good, such a good show. I can't recommend it enough. And I was talking so much, like you got to watch Barry, you got to watch Barry, which I still yeah. think. But Killing Eve, if you had to pick one, I'd pick Killing Eve. That show is so oh, wow. fucking good. Okay, because yeah, it's I just, so I just, I just finished watching Barry um, with my partner, and it was like we both really enjoyed it. Like we started it early on a Saturday, and we just like binged yeah. the entire thing. Um, Killing Eve I, is better. I can't believe I'm saying it, oh, but wow. Killing Eve is wow. better. Okay. And uh, it's written, produced, and created by Sophie Waller-Bridge. Is that her name? Mm. Sophie Waller-Bridge? I think I'm putting it on my list right it's, now. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I'm an idiot. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um, she has another show called Fleabag, which I've heard is really good, so I want to check that out next. But she's also in... Uh, she's either in or she... She has something to do with this Han Solo Star Wars movie that people don't seem okay. to love, but yeah. don't hold that against her. Yeah. Cool. Killing Eve is so good. Awesome. Um, and a show that we both love that I've uh, finally caught up on is Steven Universe. And I'm very, very sad because I think there's only one episode left. Um, and yeah, Steven Universe, if you have not watched it, it is a uh, very fantastic cartoon from Cartoon Network um, produced and created by Rebecca Sugar, uh, who's also mm-hmm. the first woman to uh, create a show for the Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. And it's just this fantastic show about, like, these super-powered gem creatures, but it's also about life in the most sweet and positive way. And Steven, who is the central character, trying to find his way in this world and coming to terms with, like, his own uh, past and, like, his sort of heritage. and he's just such a good person that even though there there's terrible things happening around him, he's always trying to find the best in people. And it's, it's, it's such a tremendous show that it, you know, if I ever had children, I would want to show them this as before anything else, because it reinforces so many positive things that we try and teach people just like be empathetic, like try and see the best in people. And like, even though people hurt you, like don't lash out at them and hurt them back because it's, it's you know, it's not going to do anything. And just tremendous, like, positive uh, life lessons come out of this show mm-hmm. every time I watch it. And it, that, that all being said, it's still, like, funny and it's enjoyable. You know, I, again, one of those shows that I think would both appeal to, to young kids and to adults. Um, and it, it can – sometimes it gets real serious and, like, deals with, like, really heavy shit. And, um, and much, much in the same way that Adventure Time does. Um, and <sighs> – I almost, uh, I was about to say, I almost think uh, Steven Universe is better than Adventure Time. I think it might be. That's, they're that's different. tough. They're, 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 they're different. very different. They're, they're very different. They're doing different things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you haven't checked out Steven Universe, like you're doing yourself a, a disservice. Um, so I highly recommend checking it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think that's going to do it for us uh, this week. So again, if you want to... Uh, chat about the show if you want to send in uh, topic suggestions weigh in on the news of the week you can do that in the shelf games discord server again that link is in the channel notes or you can send us emails shelvegames at gmail.com and of course you can find the show wherever you get your podcasts uh find us on apple Podcasts, google, google play or uh at shelvegames.com slash podcast uh follow us on twitter at shelvegames. i'm at john underscore tab and of course you can find us on youtube and facebook just search for shelf games and we are also doing my rainbow six siege boot camping over at uh, <laughs> twitch.tv slash shell games uh and music for the show is by zed ion who you can find on soundcloud uh Chisulo is a man of mystery moving houses testing the real <laughs> estate market um <laughs> yeah but uh but amy where can people find you on the internet i'm on twitter at lady commander tv and i'm also on twitch under lady commander awesome uh, so I think that's going to be it uh, for us today. Uh, Chisulo, thanks for uh, hanging out today. No problem. No problem. And uh, glad the move went well for you. Thanks. And uh, Amy, thanks for hanging out as well. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cool. Uh, so that's going to do it for us this week, folks. And uh, a huge thank you to all you listening at home. 
Again, if you want to help us out, just uh, share the show with your, your your pals, with your friends, uh, so we can get more people listening and become a larger part of this Shelf Games family of ours. Uh, and until next time, you know what to do. Go and grab a game off the shelf because you never know what you're going to find. Yeah, it's it's working out okay. Like I'll even like freeze vegetables and stuff and just like pull them out when I'm like frying them up or cooking them or whatever. Because mm. yeah, I hate buying stuff and then having it go bad. Well, fuck, we're so boring. God damn it! What are we talking about? <laughs> you ever just sit and think like, what the hell led me to this point? Being excited yeah. about freezing shit and yeah, like God, that being so like funny. the highlight. Yeah. Anyway. And I was just about to bring up how I was looking at those machines that suck the air out of. <laughs> 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 I'm like, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk video games.